Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And in quarantine, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> I've seen posters that say, in space, no one can hear you fap. <laughs> oh, well, that is also probably not wrong. <laughs> Unless you're in a ship and you're next to someone. Yeah, in which case, I would hope they're helping. <laughs> and not just staring at you. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got their thing. If If you got a voyeuristic astronaut... I mean, I guess. Yeah. Or synthetic. You never know. They might be like, it not, might not register with them. They might just be like, all right, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. They may be studying. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, is this what humans do? <laughs> Take, taking notes. Yeah. Dude, we will talk about all of that because we have made it to, I guess this is, is this the celebration? This is like the parade after the Super Bowl. Is that how this would work for our isolation movie bracket? The Super Bowl wishes it could have a parade like this. Yeah, that's true. They <laughs> wish they could have two dudes talking about the Super Bowl. We did an episode during the Super Bowl. That's how much we care about football. <laughs> Sports bow! <laughs> sports bow! <laughs> Pick up your bow, we're going to get some sports! Get in the end zone and touch down! <laughs> Another point for the home team! <laughs> Oh, watch out! It's the away team! (laughs) (laughs) Failed goal! End zone! (laughs) Let's suck on that extra point! (laughs) I remember uh, I went to a baseball game one time, and like me and my brothers have no interest in baseball. So we were sitting there, and then we just wanted to like. I think we were just being smart asses, but the whole time we were just like, oh, yeah, I'm such a big baseball fan. And then we would just start naming things that have to do with baseball. So we'd be like, shortstop, first base. But then it eventually just got into like, Cracker Jack, <laughs> Sunflower Seeds. <laughs> and we're like sitting in Yankee Stadium, just like with people all around us. And they're like, these fucking assholes. Go, yeah. back, to, go back to a hockey game. <laughs> It's hard for me to take a, a sports event seriously if I'm there. I've only ever been to one football game, uh, but yeah, baseball games, I've definitely been uh, bored. <laughs> yeah. If you're not drinking beer, it's why are you there? I usually have a beer at the hockey game, but I'm there to watch hockey because I love it so much. But at a, at a baseball game or something, I'm just like, get me a fucking huge hot dog and a beer and let me pass out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If it's one thing I've always known about you, it's you just want a big old wiener and then to just fucking pass out with it. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you're done with that wiener, it's lights out. You need a nap. 
You need to rest. <laughs> need to regain energy. <laughs> you Oof, finish, that wiener. You finish eating the coney and you're just, oh, I am spent. I need a nap. <laughs> oh, was was that his name, Coney? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of name is Coney? Coney 2012, baby. Does anybody remember that? <laughs> no. Well, save it for a later date. You can Google that. All right. I probably won't. <laughs> the real point is we're here with another episode in the quarantine, getting to review a movie and a classic movie, I must say. Mm-hmm. And there's been demand for some retro reviews as of lately. So we're finally giving it up, finally doing it. We reached out, had the Swampies vote, and uh, we're going to talk about Alien. Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to get into all the bracket stuff right now? Yeah, let's talk about these brackets because they were a delight, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Well, first of all, I hope everybody liked the the graphics we had up for this bracket and stuff because we had a good time with that. Yeah, as <laughs> as I would hope people would notice from watching them. <laughs> the first one was like more like sportsy. Like I feel like we were like trying to like be a little bit more quippy. And then the second one was just a lot of dick jokes. And the third one was basically you being stupid and me getting fed up. And then the fourth one was just a straight up argument. <laughs> yeah. The evolution was was fine. And you know what? I think I think we should write more we should do we should prepare more fun things like that cuz that was that was good and some of those seeds that paid off at the end were almost wasted in the beginning in the first one we were like let's throw this joke in there and we we're like no no let's save it or let's scrap it and then when we're in a desperate times and we're <laughs> recording the fourth fucking one and we're like i have no idea what to do it's like oh let's just do that argument thing we talked about doing in the beginning of the first one and be like <laughs> nice we barely had to work on this <laughs> It was fun though. It was it was a good time. That being said, I am very disappointed that more people didn't vote for Ex Machina. If it's still lost, fine. Whoever wins wins. But I expected more of an outpour for Ex Machina in the finals. Yeah, it was uh honestly like it was kind of crazy. I had a feeling Alien had a good shot at winning, obviously. It was the number one seed, but it just destroyed everything. I, I think yeah. Was it the second round or the third round was the closest? I can't remember. It, it went up against, I mean, we're going to get into it, but it went up against Shutter Island at one point, and that may have been close, or there was the one against The Thing, which was also close. Like, one of those think, was close. I think The Thing was, I think The Thing was the close one. But yeah, okay. for the most part, Alien held the lead on on pretty much every matchup it was in. Yeah, I wanted to find out why Poe made that Robofo. <laughs> I was gonna say this is the third time we've done a bracket and I don't think we've seen a gap in the votes like we did the first round with Alien and, and Saw so if you want we could we could just get oh yeah we could just get in right there so the first round our one seed versus our 16 seed was Alien versus Saw Alien won that vote 91% to 9 <laughs> that'll show you Saw that is the biggest gap I think we've seen in any of these brackets I was just like holy crap it was it was funny because for a while it had one saw had one vote and i was just like who's the one guy (laughs) it was my brother (laughs) oh was it really yeah so that was the first round alien won that one the second round the two seed versus the 15 seed was snowpiercer versus i am legend and snowpiercer pulled it out by only a few votes but it it won 57 percent to 43 percent so wow yeah Kind of just splitting it. That's not a that's not a huge margin there. But Snowpiercer was one of my favorites to win this whole thing. Yeah, there was a few that like we said this when we started doing it, but there really wasn't going to be 
a outcome in this that I would have been like unhappy with because almost all the like all the movies on this list I like, but there's a few in particular that I was like, oh, I'd really like to review that. And Snowpiercer was one of them. Yeah, definitely. Third matchup in the first round, our three seed versus our 14 was 2001 A Space Odyssey versus Shutter Island. And big upset, Shutter Island won. Kind of didn't see that coming. Or at least it was a little bit of a surprise, I should say. Because again, these are all bangers. Yeah. I was surprised though, because I think me and you, like, we were setting up, we're like, what do you think is going to win? And there was a few. We're like, "Uh, I think Alien. And then I was like, I could see Space Odyssey winning. And then it lost in the first round. I was like, oh. What the fuck? But I think Space Odyssey doesn't have a lot of appeal to younger audiences. Not that I'm saying our our Instagram is a younger audience anyways. I actually don't know our average audience there. Most of our listeners are over the age of 70. <laughs> okay. Well, then, yeah, I'm definitely shocked. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I can see where you're coming from. I was, I wanted that one to win just because I was kind of like, It'd be really nice to rewatch. I haven't watched it in a while. It just came out in 4K. And also, like, Kubrick, it's it's a classic. I definitely think it should have gone further, but that's just me. But people love Leo. People people do love Leo. The next matchup we had was the fourth seed versus the 13th. That was Cabin in the Woods versus the Hateful Eight. This could have went either way for me, honestly. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods very won. Very different movies. Yeah. They are very different. Cabin in the Woods won, though. And it was close. That was another close one. 55% to 45%. Dag. Yeah. I know you like Hateful Eight a lot. I think out of these two, I would have preferred to have done Cabin in the Woods just because we've kind of talked about Hateful Eight before when we did our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode. Right. And I don't think we've ever really brought up Cabin in the Woods. So I was like, oh, that might be cool. But I was, you know what? The one thing about Cabin in the Woods, I was shocked that it's Rotten Tomato scores in 92. Like it placed that as, as our fourth seed. And I was, I was really surprised by that. Yeah, for real, because you don't see a lot of horror movies getting that kind of a kind of a rub from the critics, and especially not a knock on Cabin in the Woods, but I I would have never guessed it there. If for like the critics, I would have said like at most low eighties, maybe mid eighties. That's what I thought it was gonna be, but I was like, holy shit, ninety two percent. So, you know, that was really surprising. Uh, this matchup in the first round killed me though, because these were both movies that I was like, oh man, if the either of these movies win, I'd be so stoked. And then one of them had to get eliminated in the first round. But our fifth seed versus our 12th seed was Ex Machina versus Prisoners. Yeah, man. That's yeah. a tough matchup. I really wanted to watch Prisoners. Yeah. I, I really wanted to watch Ex Machina again. Same. I uh, rewatched Prisoners anyway, just because I was like, I want to watch it. Like that was, I'm, I'm really like into the, Denis Villeneuve, obviously, and now that Dune's getting some, you know, there's stuff coming out about it. I've been rewatching a few of his movies. I know you watched Enemy the other night, so yep. I was I was hoping we could have talked about it, but it lost. Ex Machina won sixty seven percent to thirty three percent. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a good win. That's a solid win. They held that down the whole time. Yeah, I think this matchup was the biggest gap besides Saw and Alien, but. Our sixth seed versus our 11th seed was The Martian versus The Thing. And the 11th seed kicked the shit out of the sixth seed, uh, 72 to 28. So, yeah, the, I, nice. once I saw that, I was like, you know, The Thing has a strong chance of winning this because it, you know, obviously that's a classic. I think The Thing, the 1982 version is a little bit ahead of its time also. And, you know, The Martian's at 91% and The Thing just wrecked it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the thing is a classic. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I know you love it. 
our next matchup was the seventh seed versus the tenth seed. That was ten Cloverfield Lane versus Castaway. And the lower seed won this one also. Castaway won 62% to 38%. People love Tom Hanks. They do love Tom Hanks. That being said, that one was a lot closer. Castaway's at an 88% and 10 Chlorophyll Lane is at a 90. So lower seed won, but they're like right there. Well, most of these movies have awesome grades. Like we set ourselves up for success. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. And I mean, if you want to talk about that, the last matchup of the first round, the eighth seed versus the ninth seed. These are the two films right in the middle. They both have a 90% Rotten Tomatoes. And that was Moon versus Misery. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Misery won that one, 59% to 41. Also another shocker, but kind of good because we then we took out a lot of the sci-fi ones. Like a lot of the sci-fi movies ended up moving on to the next round. So it's it's kind of nice that there was like a little bit of a difference there because otherwise it would have just been like one after the other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like the mix we had, but yeah, I think the biggest bummer for me was, was just that Ex Machina and Prisoners went up against each other in the first round. Yeah. The second round, though, we had Alien versus Shutter Island. Alien won 68% to 32%. So it must have been the nice. thing that was the close matchup between the two. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then we had the second seed versus the 11 seed with Snowpiercer going up against The Thing. And The Thing destroyed Snowpiercer also. Uh, that was 63% to 37%. See, that might have been the toughest one for me because I love both of those movies. And I think when we were texting or when we were uh, recording the the audio for the, the Instagram stories and we were coming up with the banter for that one, I was like, I don't know who I want to win this one. Yeah. Like, I would I would love to talk about either one of them. I, I think just in general, like, the thing might be a cool movie to just to do a review on. Like just for that. I really wanted to do Snowpiercer though, because I had just rewatched it, and you know, the boy loves Bong Joon Ho, baby. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know, I know, I know you, your boy. <laughs> I know you like. I'm your a boy. ho for Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> a ho ho. <laughs> yeah. Next matchup in the uh, second round was the fourth seed versus the tenth seed, Cabin in the Woods versus Castaway. I thought Castaway was gonna win this just because, like, you kind of saw that it had a lot of people who really liked it after the first round. So I was like, okay, but Cabin in the Woods won this 54 to 46. It was close. Yeah, that's a tight race. Also, just side note, like I love the Cabin in the Woods poster with like the Rubik's Cube house. I think it looks so cool. Oh yeah, that is really cool. The next matchup we had was Ex Machina versus Misery. Yeah, I think this one was uh, was one I was pretty confident Ex Machina was going to take it away. Yeah, Ex Machina won 62% to 38%. And I was I was cool with that, honestly. I really like Misery, but again, like I love Ex Machina. So Yeah. The first matchup of the third round, we had Alien versus the Thing, and Alien won this one 77% to 23. So yeah, I guess when it went up against Shutter Island, that was the closest Alien got. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a bummer. I mean, it's hard to complain. I like all of them. Yeah, man. I was surprised after that. Once that one happened, I was like, all right, Alien's probably gonna win this. Like I don't see it yeah. topping anything. It's just destroying everything. And then the, the next matchup we had in this round was the fourth seed versus the fifth seed, Cabin in the Woods versus Ex Machina, and Ex Machina won 54% to 46%. I was pretty surprised by that, actually, because, again, like it just seemed like there was an audience for Cabin in the Woods, and a lot of people really liked it. So Yeah, I think Cabin in the Woods might have a little bit more mainstream appeal. But then again, Ex Machina won a friggin' Oscar, so who knows? Yeah. Ex Machina is also a little bit more recent. I mean, they're both recent. What was Cabin in the Woods was like 20, 2011, I think. So 
Yeah, but Ex Machina was a few years later. Yeah, I think Ex Machina was like 2015 or something like that. And I think it was our only A24 movie on the list. Uh, ooh. Yeah, I think you're right. So I'm glad they were represented. Yeah. And the final matchup for the finals was the one seed versus the fifth seed, Alien versus Ex Machina, and Alien won 75% to 25%. <laughs> yeah, really wanted more people to show up for Ex Machina. Some some friends of ours, friends of mine, actually put in the vote on the right answer, so I appreciate them doing that. <laughs> the, the right answer? Wait, do you like Ex Machina more than Alien? Or you just wanted to talk about Ex Machina? I think... I wanted to talk about Ex Machina more. I think Ex I think Ex Machina has been talked about a lot less than Alien has been talked about in general. That I felt like there there might have been something really interesting to explore there. Also, I think it's more of a thinker movie. It's definitely a slow burn. Alien's kind of a slow burn too, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I I get what you're saying, but I wouldn't discount how much of a slow burn Alien is. Yeah, no, definitely not. And uh, and we'll talk all about that. But yeah, I just I I felt more intrigue in the idea of talking about Ex Machina. Also, I really wanted to know why Poe made that Robofo. <laughs> we do. That's that's the question everybody needs to know. <laughs> the answer it, to. It's trending on Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag just the letter Y Poe make Robofo. <laughs> why Poe make that Robofo? <laughs> oh man. I love Oscar Isaac. I'm so stoked seeing him in like the Dune like photo shoots and stuff like that, like the set photos. Yeah. I'm getting really hyped for that. But yeah, and you know what? Speaking of Dune, Dune was uh, you know, a story that was people really love the story, but the movie came out, it wasn't well received, and some of these alien movies, they are not well received either. <laughs> yeah, they've made quite a few of them. They've even gone like the Freddy versus Jason route, even though it might have been before Freddy versus Jason. I don't know. Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. It's an interesting web they've woven over the the many years of this franchise. Yeah. The Alien franchise is so weird because I love Alien. I love Aliens. They're two of my favorite sci-fi movies. They're both different because Alien's more of like a sci-fi horror and then Aliens is more of a sci-fi action but i love those two movies so much and then the rest of them are kind of underwhelming i like prometheus i like covenant and i see the potential in three but the middle section of this franchise is a lot of poopy (laughs) yeah very reminiscent of terminator yeah yeah because we're not going to talk about aliens but in terms of like a sequel Aliens is a killer sequel. Yeah. Aliens, honestly, like... It's definitely different. It's definitely different. It's a different tone, but I, I love it. And it's, you know, you want to talk about great sequels that, like, like live up to the hype or whatever. Like, I think probably, like, Judgment Day, Aliens, and then, like, The Two Towers for Lord of the Rings are probably, like, two of the best sequels ever made. Or three of the best yeah. sequels ever made. So, I mean, it's it's insane. Actually, you know... Alien has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Aliens has a 97%. Like they're both like super high. And the audience score is wow. both is both a 94 on those. But yeah, nice. I, I love both those movies. And then Alien 3. Alien 3 is such a bummer because if you watch the director's cut, the director's cut is actually not bad. But if you like look into everything that went into making that movie, 
it had so much potential to be really good and almost all of it comes back to just massive amounts of studio interference and you know yeah that makes sense you have a director like fincher working on this like if they had just let him do his thing it probably would have been so good and yeah there's a lot of studio interference and then also uh sigourney weaver was coming off her oscar and she was able to like kind of make demands in the movie and she's like very anti-gun and that's why like the movie they're in a prison but no one has guns and they make they kind of make like a joke about it in the movie where they're like that's really stupid (laughs) but that was why she like went into the movie if there was guns in it so it's a bummer but yeah i mean three i think has potential and alien resurrection i think is trash and alien vs predator is trash and then alien vs predator requiem is trash and then i like prometheus and i like covenant but the franchise is so alien versus predator that first one is it might be the first, but it's one of the first movies I ever walked out on at the theater. Yeah, I, I, you've told me that before. <laughs> and I've never seen the whole thing. Never finished it. I refuse to ever go back and revisit it. You, I don't know if you really need to. <laughs> I don't think I do. No. like there's, there's a little, like, it's not a post-credit, but there's, like, a, a thing at the end that got people hyped up for a requiem. <laughs> if, if, if hyped oh, up is the right word, I don't know. They basically just showed the Pred Alien. That's from Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Ugh. Yeah. It's like the end of all of these new movies now. It's like, now look what the alien has bred with. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I'll just I'll just say it now. Like, a little, like, I guess history or whatever. The alien in Alien is a xenomorph that's, like, a type of, like, breed or whatever. But if you, like, know anything about the comics and stuff, there is an alien called an Ultramorph, which is supposed to come from an engineer. And you see the engineers in Prometheus. And the original script for Prometheus had the Ultramorph in it because they were going to explain a scene. Basically, like, you know, when an alien, they go and there's the eggs and they show the space jockey and the space jockey has a hole in his chest. They were going to explain all of that in Prometheus. And the script got changed so many times in Prometheus that they just didn't do that. But the original script of Prometheus was going to have answers to that. And you were going to see the alien that was burst out of the engineer's chest, which would have been really cool. Yeah. But talking about all these movies, we got a game to play. Yeah. And I'm not the one who brought it this time. Yeah. We're we're going back because we played this game when we did our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode. And that's right. Do you want to introduce it? Well, it's your game. All right. All right. I I'll... did come up with a name finally for it because we talked about how this is a game we'd like to make reoccurring, but we didn't have a good name for it. So I'm taking credit for the name, but this is very much your game. So I'll let you throw to it. Okay. (laughs) So I'll, I'll make sure that uh, we get you the, uh, the patent for it, the copyright. Thanks. I'll have my agent uh, call you. Okay. (laughs) All right. But this game is called everyone's a critic. I don't like sand. It's coarse, rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. So if you haven't listened to, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode. The premise of this game is that I have all of the movies from this franchise. So I have Alien through Alien Covenant, and I went through Rotten Tomatoes and found some of my favorite audience reviews. And I have them written out here, and I'm going to read the review to Sky, and then he has to guess which movie it's from. That's me, I'm Sky. I will do guessing. <laughs> Why'd you explain that? Because... <laughs> Our listeners are a bunch of stupid swampies. Oh, I see. <laughs> I was like, all right, was that for me? 
It could be for you too. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Yeah, because I'm stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, you ready? There's eight movies here. Oh man, you know I think I didn't do well the, on the first time we played this, but I think this time it's going to be different. I think I'm going to do real bad. Yeah, you know what? Like this is a game that I think is more for the laughs and the reactions than it is for your actual score. Like when you, I feel like you give me more like movie trivia, whereas this is more just like let's fucking laugh at some people. <laughs> yeah. So let's see what this audience thinks. Yeah. All right. Well, hit me with them. All right. Our first one, four stars, just as good as aliens, if not better. Did you say just as good as aliens? Plural. Yeah. Plural. If not better, four stars. So this is on par with that movie, but it's possibly better than that movie. Which would imply that this person would have given less than four stars to aliens. Most likely four stars or less. So I'm going to say, I want to, I think you're trying to trick me right out the gate. I'm going to say resurrection. Oh, you got it. Hell yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. I I'm s- on your tricks, m- mister. I, it was funny. Cause I saw that and I was like, he did watch the part with the newborn, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the part he loved the most. Yeah. He's like, you know what? <laughs> This is better I'm than the queen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that'll show you. Nice. Fucker. Nice. No, I, I'm glad you got it. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I'll give you another one. I slept through most of this movie, but it was like a long series of micro nods. So I was convincing myself that I wasn't actually watching it. And it was kind of good. Two stars. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of good. Two stars. <laughs> I slept through most of this movie, but it was like a long series of micronods. So I was convincing myself that I was actually watching it. And it was kind of good. <laughs> so I'm in and out, half conscious, but I'm watching. But I'm digging it. <laughs> but I'm kind of into it. Two stars. Um, Is this one going to make me mad? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. I'm going to say AVR Requiem. Dude, AVP Requiem. you are two for two. Really? Yeah. You've got, you got the synergy going with the audience. <laughs> oh. I know. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's probably really bad, but. <laughs> yeah. I've been killing brain cells in this quarantine real quick, so that might be why. I have been drinking. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, now you're on the same wavelength. You know, I'm right there with the with the people. Nice, nice. All right, two for two. Man, if you if you go perfect on this, I'm gonna lose my shit. I might just dive right through my window. <laughs> ah! <laughs> All right. Scott needs to retire. This film is like intestinal infection. Is the shame of the saga. Is the the canon as the Pokemon in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wait, I read that. I read well, that. I read that verbatim. <laughs> you got to do it again. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Scott needs to retire. This film is like intestinal infection is the shame of the saga is as canon as the Pokemon in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, this guy sounds awesome. Got to get him on the pod. <laughs> so. Hope he's a swampy. Or she. Not discriminating. Yeah. 
Uh, women can be morons too. <laughs> everyone can be a moron. If you go to Rotten <laughs> yeah, Tomatoes apparently. audience reviews, you'll find out that everyone can be a moron. <laughs> yeah, for real. Dude, oh man. This this gives me nothing to go on. It's got to be a sequel. Somebody who's really fed up with Ridley Scott. It would be so funny Maybe they got, if like, it a was a personal <laughs> issue with him. It would be so funny but, if it was Alien. It's not Alien, but it would be so funny if it, his first movie is just like, hey, this guy's he needs to get out of here. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah. This is a shame of the saga. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst one out of all of them. Yeah. I can't believe they made more of these. It's as canon as the Pokemon in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. I really want this person to kind of get redemption in the fact that they actually put this on a really bad movie, but I have a feeling it's not as bad as their reaction is. I'm going to say Prometheus. Okay, you got one wrong. It was Alien Covenant. Okay. I was going to say, that being... I like Alien Covenant. I think Alien Covenant is, is a step up from what we had been getting. I think I like Prometheus a little bit more, but I th- I had a good time with Alien Covenant, and there is essentially what would be like the chestburster scene in Alien Covenant. I think that scene is just awesome. I still have to see it. Yeah, I, I actually knew that you hadn't seen it. There there are some things that are that are like dumb in it, and that I'm not a huge fan of. But I also think that Alien Awakening is probably going to answer some stuff. So I didn't flip out about the movie the way a lot of other people did. All right. So well. I'm still off to a good start. Two out of three is not bad. Dude, yeah, no, you're doing good. All right. This was a decent suspense film. I am docking it a star because I simply don't get why everyone is so gaga over it. The one cool part about it was that my favorite game of all time seemed to borrow multiple quotes from it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like this movie because a game I play used lines from this movie. I was going to say, yeah. This is a decent suspense film. I am docking it a star because I simply don't get why everyone is so gaga over it. So the reason he took one star off of it and gave it four out of five stars was because he didn't get why people like it. Uh, But the one cool part about the movie was something that was completely unrelated to the movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's how I choose movies. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to say the number one baby, Alien. That was Aliens. Oh, man. (laughs) Off by a letter. It's so, yeah, exactly. (laughs) One letter. I just thought that one was hilarious. It's like one of like the best sci-fi action movies of all time. And he's just like, this is a decent suspense film. (laughs) Yeah. The one thing that's cool is that a video game that I like. (laughs) Some lines from it. (laughs) All right. On to the next one. Alien CG looked unreal as opposed to the ones before this movie. Now, I don't know if that's in a positive way, like unreal, like, oh man, it's so unreal, or like unreal, like that's unrealistic, but he gave this three and a half stars. So, Alien CG looked unreal as opposed to the ones before this movie. Ooh. So again, we're sticking with sequels. I mean, there's a lot, there's more sequels than there are original ones. I'll give you that. Yes. It's confusing. It's confusing times. I don't know what the trickery is. I'm just going to go Alien versus Predator, though. Ooh, it is Alien 3. Okay. Which, okay, this is, I think either way, 
that is a dumb review. <laughs> so <Okay>. because <laughs> yeah. because Alien and like basically most of Aliens, it's all pros- it's all prosthetics. It's not CGI. There's no CGI in Alien. Right. So it's like and also the CGI in Aliens is really awful. <laughs> so Right. That's why I'm like I'm hoping that you're saying that it's unreal, like it looks bad. That being said, the two films before it didn't use CGI. Right. So why are you comparing it? So up <laughs> so until this like, point, I haven't had anything to comment on. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, man. I I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm 50-50 now. I'm half and half. Uh, Yeah, I think so. So let me just let me uh, survey real quick. You might you might be below fifty, but it's fine because I feel like if you're if you're anywhere near that, then you did really good with this game. Nice. In my opinion, this movie is extremely underrated. The plot is decent, the special effects are handled very well, and it feels like a very well done movie. And the acting is also very good. Since I got through, it was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> did did I just say that right? And the acting is also very good, since I, though, it was pretty good. Yeah, I said that right. Though it loses points for me for having only four characters that are actually good characters, in my opinion, this movie gets... (laughs) This is the best part. In my opinion, this movie gets an 89 out of 100. (laughs) Oh, specific. Yeah. Okay. He knows... (laughs) This person does know that... You grade it at the end. Like there's a there is a point system that it asks you to punch in. Yeah. You don't have to write a different version of a grade in your review. <laughs> but uh do you want me to read that back to you? That incoherent rambling? I'll you want me to read it back one more time? No, no. I'm gonna say Prometheus. <laughs> no, that's Alien vs. Predator. Ah jeez. <laughs> You know what? When I left the theater after seeing Alien vs. Predator as a kid, I thought to myself that it it probably should be around an eighty nine out of a hundred. So yeah, I I would have given it like a zero out of a hundred. I I also thought about I read that I laughed and then I was like, man, I, I'm glad that we just do letter grades and, and we don't we don't do out of a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> it's like either do a letter grade or do like out of ten. Yeah, keep it easy. Why couldn't you just said it's a nine out of ten, eight point nine out of ten, eighty nine out of a hundred. Yeah. All right, <laughs> two more. Beautiful opening shots, but that was the best part. I didn't believe the likelihood of any of it, especially after one line. Unfortunately, I couldn't spend <laughs> I couldn't suspend my disbelief after that. Nice production, good actors, but no believable story. <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> alien? Coming to the No, that's Prometheus. <laughs> but I'm just like <laughs> he's coming he's coming into Prometheus <laughs> for the, through the lens of like I I can't suspend my disbelief for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? You can't suspend your disbelief at the what seventh movie in the saga? The seventh movie in the saga. It's a movie about people, you know, on another planet with aliens. Like, did you not realize that you couldn't suspend your disbelief before you went into the theater? <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of people uh, didn't even realize Prometheus was an alien movie when it came out. I didn't. Yeah, I know. That's if people didn't. I feel like you wouldn't even realize it until like the last like ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. And it wasn't supposed to be an alien movie. Ridley Scott just wanted to make a different movie, and they were like, "Yeah, but you're Ridley Scott. It should be an alien movie." And he's like, "I really don't want to." And he's like, "It's gonna be." And he's like, "Fine." 
Yeah. They basically forced him into doing a prequel trilogy because that's what Prometheus, Covenant, and Awakening are. So yeah. Studios suck. Studios suck, and I feel like especially with this franchise, they suck because, like I said, one and two were amazing, and then three had the potential to be really good. And if you go and look into that, that whole thing is just like a giant shit show of like studios interfering. I think the studio actually put out like a teaser trailer before like the movie was even filmed, and it was and the teaser trailer for Alien Three is like this time it comes to Earth, and, and none of it takes place on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> That'll so show. it's like, yeah, cool, man. Well, the last one's obviously Alien, but what I want to hear the review for it. My favorite part about this is that this same person wrote a review for Alien and Aliens, and they were almost identical. He started off with the same beginning, and like the begin, like the middle is like the same thing, and then the, there was a slightly different twist to Aliens. But he wrote the same thing for Aliens, so or for Aliens. But his review for Alien was. I'm only judging by the present time standards. The storyline is great, but the plot is weak. <laughs> and then he says, I, sorry, I got to stop myself right there. The storyline is great, but the plot is weak and empty and, and stretched and filled with many close-up shots. <laughs> okay. Well, this movie wasn't made in present times. Fuck wad. It was made in the seventies. Yeah. I think that's a good launching point for us to get into the review, if you don't, if you don't mind. Well, that's actually why I left it as the last one to go into, because, yeah, I thought that was a really good one to jump into this movie. All right. Perfect. Good setup. And we didn't plan that. Well, you planned it, but you didn't tell me. So fuck you. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to spill spill the beans on the game. <laughs> let them know. Let them know the process. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair, I guess. Not give me the answers. <laughs> but all that being said, because. I feel like we've talked about this in our, oh, it was actually our Halloween retro review. Mm -hmm. This idea that it's hard to knock a movie or really, really review a movie that's been out for so long, but has also been such a pillar of its genre. Alien is definitely a pillar of the sci-fi genre. And this, this first movie, it's really like sci-fi horror and you can't blame it for doing anything cliche, quote unquote, because it was doing it before it was cliche. Those cliches exist because of this fucking movie. Yeah, I was actually going to say like, yeah, I guess, you know, alien on a ship picks off the 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 crew one by one or like some creature like that. That is cliche. That being yeah, said, yeah, I was going to say that being said, there's not like a like I still think there's a ton of things in this movie that I'm still just like, man, most movies can't touch it. Alien's so fucking good, yeah. man. And, you know, the reason that I left that review last, talking about, like, oh, basically saying it's dated or whatever, like, there are a bunch of movies that I always think to myself, like, man, I really wish that I could have been, like, alive during that time and seen this movie, like, in a theater and just, like, be around when everyone was talking about it because this movie, Alien came out at, like, the right time. And... Just that time in general, there were so many like bangers that came. Like Star Wars came out like two years before. Blade Runner came out, uh, I think, two years before, and you know, a couple years afterwards was the thing and uh, ET and stuff like that. Like so many iconic movies came out at this time, but Alien was like kind of like the outlier with a lot of them. In that, like Star Wars had come out, 
and it was like just a, you know it was a good time. It was really fun, and other space movies that had come out before that were like like Star Trek or uh, two thousand one Space Odyssey were like really clean like the aesthetic of the movie was really clean like alien was like the ugly stepchild to what sci-fi had been where it was just like yeah. oh everything is really dark and messed up in this but there's so many ideas in alien that kind of coincide with what was going on at that time in the world and i have a feeling that if you were in the theater at the at that time it probably just messed people up oh i'm sure I was thinking about that when I was watching it. I'm like, man, how cool would it have been to not have seen anything like that before? Like, your level of expectation is not what it is in 2020. It's what it is just based on the movies that have existed up until 1979. Like, I I agree with what you're saying about, like, it came out at the right time. But I also think this movie is way ahead of its time. Oh, yeah, I... Definitely. I, the, the whole history behind alien is so fascinating. Like I, I, I love it. I would, I, I would like to get into it a little bit in this episode, but yeah, no, it's way ahead of its time, man. Yeah, dude. And, uh, this is a, this is a retro review. This is a movie that's been out since before you and I were even born. Mm-hmm. So I think it's safe. We don't tap dance around any spoilers. We can really talk freely, whether it, if you have a point to make it that has to do with the ending, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. I mean, yeah, I would be surprised if people haven't seen this because it's alien. And don't listen to this episode if you haven't seen it. Go see it. But I think most people have seen it because even like, you know, Covenant has come out. Like, it's still a franchise that's living. I'm assuming most people have gone back and watched Alien. I know Alien is on uh, HBO Go right now. It's not how I watched it. I actually have the Alien Anthology, the Blu-ray set. Yeah, I, I watched it on 4K, actually, because I have it on Ooh, 4K. Yeah. Jealous. The only 4K movie I own is Ready Player One because it was on sale on uh, on Black Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah, I actually I have that Blu-ray anthology that you have. The movies look really good on Blu-ray, but... Yeah, I'll dude, it looks awesome, but... I was like, sure, I can stay seated on my couch and just use the controller and go to HBO and pull it up. But it's like, how often do I get to break out the anthology? So I I was like, I'm watching the fucking Blu-ray. My rule is if there is a movie that I own on Blu-ray, I don't care if it's streaming. I'm watching it on the Blu-ray. I paid for the Blu-ray. I'm using it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how you got to do it. I was super stoked to be able to watch it in 4K because I I mean, I've, I've watched it before, but I was just like, let me let me put it on. And it, it looks so good on 4K. It's really cool. And they have the they have the uh, theatrical and director cuts on there. Right. I watched the theatrical for the sake of this review, but there's some really awesome stuff in the director's cut that's that's definitely worth watching. Yeah, I almost watched the director's cut because I was like, oh, let me. Is it good to have more movie? But I also watched the theatrical because okay. I was like, you know what? Keep it to the OG. This is what people saw in the theaters. This is what we're gonna review. Soon Mm -hmm. as I was done watching the theatrical, which by the time I started it, it ended like around like 1240 at night. I was almost, almost going to start watching the director's cut right afterwards and be like, well, now I got to watch the director's cut. Yeah. If Okay. So if you go and watch it, you know, the scene where Brett goes and he's in like the room and it's like got the water dripping down the, the room, the scene that he dies in. Yeah. In the director's cut, they show you the alien in plain sight without drawing attention to it while he's like looking up at like the uh, the rain and stuff, and it's hanging in the chains, and it's so creepy, and it's like there, 
and they, they cut it from the movie. But it's like one of my favorite shots in like the whole movie, and it's not in the theatrical. <laughs> wow. I wonder why they yeah. wouldn't want to use that. That's the thing that's cool about this is they don't show you the alien a lot, and you never really see its full body. Only really once when it's attacking the other woman on the ship. Yeah, when it's uh, attacking Lambert. Yes, and it's standing yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. That's that's something I love about it is that they like they they don't show it a lot. I've said that before. I really like that in movie about movies, but this movie has a ton of restraint, and that applies to so much stuff. The pacing, everything. You want to get into just like the history real quick? Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the background. How did uh, how did this movie come about? And then kind of like some of the... Because being that it's been around for a long time, it has been talked about for a long time, sure. That means there's a lot of information out there about this movie. Yeah, I I love the the history of this movie just because there's so many... I love, I love stories about movies that are super successful and no one thought that they were good when they were being made. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which applies to a lot of this, but um, you know, Ridley Scott wasn't the original director on this movie and Ridley Scott didn't really have the idea for this movie. He finessed the shit out of it when he came on, but Dan O'Bannon, who's the writer on this, he was really like the, the mind behind a lot of it. He has like a really funny line when people talk about like, how'd you come up with the idea for this movie? And he says, I didn't steal from anybody. I stole from everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because he pulled from a lot of different things. So one of the things that he pulled a lot from was there's a comic that came out in the 50s called Seeds of Jupiter. Uh, it's an It was an eight page comic. And basically it's just like three guys on like a Navy ship. And then this like alien pod crashes on the ship basically. And there's this one character who who always eats uh, peaches and he like keeps like the peach pits in his mouth after he's done eating them. And they're basically like, convinced him. There's like these things on the ship that came from this alien thing. And they're like, Hey, like, why don't you like eat one? So they convince him to eat it. Then he gets sick and he's like about to die. So like, Oh, we need to do like emergency surgery. And they like cut him open and an alien bursts out of his, out of his stomach and like crawls off of the ship and they never see it. Again. You know what I mean? So he based a lot of it on that, but he could never figure out a way to get the alien onto the ship. And he had like an obsession with like different insects and stuff like that. And that was kind of like what drew a lot of his inspiration for like the human being a vessel for the alien itself, because he would like watch this like type of wasp and stuff like parasitic wasps. He would watch that basically like lay their eggs inside of caterpillars and then then like the eggs like or the you know larva burst out of the caterpillar so that kind of spawned a lot of it but when he was making the alien or whatever he wrote a screenplay called memory and memory is basically the first half of alien it's basically alien without the alien the other writer on this movie, Ronald Shusset, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He came up with the idea. He's just like, apparently the way that he worded it was he came up to me. He's like, I got it. And he's like, what is it? And he's like, the alien's going to have sex with the human. And he's like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I'm yeah, writing like, that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We all want to write that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really funny how they have all these ideas and it came together to like create this thing. Also, the original, I just think this is hilarious. The original title for Alien, once it got into production, was was Star Beast. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God they did not stick with that. Yeah, no. I mean, Dan O'Bannon's writing on this is great. The other two things that I think were like crucial to this movie, though, bringing on H.R. Giger 
is like probably the the biggest thing because the entire aesthetic of the movie is based on his paintings and the whole thing with him i also think is hilarious and this goes back to like fox and like studio interference but dan basically paid giger a thousand dollars out of his pocket he's like you designed the alien for this thing like he didn't get studio funding for it and then they brought in executives from fox to basically be like hey like check out like what we're like working on and they were so disturbed by his artwork that they were like get this like this guy is fired we're not having someone like this working on our pro <laughs> like our film they're like he's disturbed like you're done so they kicked him off the project uh and he had made like a whole like like book i think it's called like the necronomicon of all of his artwork right and then around the same time walter hill was the original director for this movie and he dropped out also and he was basically just like yeah i don't i don't believe in this i have this other idea for a movie i'm gonna go do that the other movie he he went and made was Southern comfort, which has like an 81% rotten tomatoes. So like, it's not, you know, it's, it's a good movie, but it's not, it's not this. Um, yes. But then basically they're like, okay, like we got this kid, you know, Ridley Scott, we'll bring him on. Ridley Scott only done one movie before this. And at the same time, they bumped the budget up to 10 million. But when Ridley Scott came aboard, he really kind of like pushed for a lot of things and bring back Giger was one of them where he's just like, he saw the paintings. He saw the Necronomicon. He's like, no, he has to be on this. And he went back to the studio and he's like, I'm not taking no for an answer. And then they finally agreed to let him work on the project. But oh, that's awesome. That's a big move too. That's super important. I think to the longevity of this movie. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, like I don't think I would be wrong in saying that the alien in alien is one of the most iconic looking movie creatures of all time. No, hundred percent. So that is obviously huge. And yeah, bringing on Ridley Scott was also like, you know, obviously huge because his visuals are in like insane. This movie's so visceral and he wanted everything to be like grungy and gooey and shit like that. And I love the aesthetic to it. But uh, I don't know if it was intentional or not. But at the same time of this movie coming out, this is also why I was kind of like, I wish that I was back, like living back then to like be in the theater. But at the same time that this movie came out, there's a lot of talk about like America and like it's run essentially by the working class, but like the messages in this movie where it's basically like the working class people being exploited. That's like still a message that is relevant today, which is really cool, but that resonated a lot. But the thing that I think is like really cool and I don't think this was intentional at all, but this I think is why it freaked people out so much is that right around this time, there was like a fear of basically like the evil in that like, the year before was the year that Ted Bundy and John Wayne Gacy had both been captured. So like hmm. there was like a thing out there where it was just like, there are people or things out in the world that are just like completely like evil and they will like kill and they will not be reasoned with and they can't be like stop type thing. And then that's essentially what the alien is in this movie is just this thing that like you can't kill and you don't know why it's doing what it's doing. But I think that's why it freaked people out so much. Yeah, there is no motivation except to kill. Like, you know, it doesn't even seem like it's eating people, like, to survive. Like, it it feels like it's to be a terror. And yeah. it, it blends into the shadows. And, like, especially it being on a spaceship, like, it's a lot of dark corners. It's a lot of, like, metallic stuff. And the xenomorph has kind of, like, a sheen to it where, like, it would just, it just blends in perfectly. And it, it there's so many elements to it and how silent the movie is that just does a really good job of just freaking you out and never letting you feel like you're ever actually safe. Mm -hmm. The movie has such restraint in terms of its pacing and like what it shows you and stuff like that. 
the movie starts off and it feels very epic. Like everything is like a, you know, a big scale. It's, it's got that, that Kubrick 2001 vibe to it where it's, it even opens up with the, the ship going through space and it feels like an epic and they basically don't show you anything like nothing like horrific happens for 40 minutes. Literally the, the face hugger doesn't show up for 40 minutes, but I love that the moment that the chestburster scene happens is in a lit room with all the characters in it because probably everybody in the theater was just like, oh, this movie is kind of like this like space epic with like, you know, an alien flair to it. But like nothing bad is going to happen here. Like nothing bad happens in a well-lit room. That's why we like we like Midsummer so much. But like nothing happens in right. a well-lit room and all the characters here is completely safe. And then probably like one of the most like disturbing scenes in movie history like happens where there's just this alien bursts out of the guy's chest. And I don't know. I just think that whole thing is awesome because the, there's it's such a good payoff for, you know, the 40 minutes leading up to it. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know. I think another element that's really cool about this, and maybe this is something that wouldn't be possible today. I feel like a lot of studios would have pushed for it to be a crew of like, like a military outfit or something like that. But these are literally like deep space truckers, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like they're just hauling cargo. Like they're not, they're not like a special ops team that's sent out there to investigate an alien invasion type thing. It's not like douchey, like, actiony like that it is it's just this unfortunate team happened upon this they're woken up early and they're like what the fuck is going on like we got an sos like there's so much cool about this that in one way this movie set up so many knockoffs in the future like so many other movies have ripped bits and pieces from alien and kind of tried to make them their own pandorum is one that kind of comes to mind the idea of like being woken up ahead of time and like your cryo sleep mm-hmm. that again is not like a like a military outfit who's there it's like there are those similarities there you can see it in dead space as well answering an sos to an abandoned ship and then there's aliens in there there's so much that has been copied from this movie and yet they still do were doing things stepping outside of the box in the clichés that were later created it's like they were so ahead of their time they were swerving cliches that didn't exist yet. Even the idea that in the end, the last three survivors are two women and quote unquote, the black guy in the movie. Cause that's a thing in like horror movies and stuff. Oh, the black guy dies first. He was one of the last people to die. And this is in 1979. They did this. Yeah. We've talked a lot about how Ripley is one of the best examples of like a strong like heroine. Like that's one of my go-to examples, and we've mentioned it a ton of times on this show. But she was actually maybe it's maybe this is why, but she was originally written to be a man. Wow, really? Yeah. And then obviously they cast Sigourney Weaver, and she just like crushed it, and she became this iconic character. The movie itself is almost a game changer. Before like there were those cliches, like you were saying. Yeah, they changed the game before the game was invented. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think that. I think that's super cool. Yeah, dude. And you know what else? I realize my first half of the notes page, everything ends in like brilliant, awesome, amazing, like flawless. And it's a lot of it is what, well, one, the set design, which we touched on and the costume and the, the effects and everything. 
But like the shots and the way this film is shot and the way we move through this ship, it's so weird because it's claustrophobic because of the atmosphere. But at the same time, like you get scenes that open up with these wide shots on like a big like circular room or something. Like you really get to see where what everybody is doing in that room. It's not a lot of close up tight and bullshit of just cheesy reactions or anything like you're getting a scope of this ship. And that's why I really like that opening when they're, they're navigating through the ship and everything's kind of dark. And then the pods lift up and like, that's beautiful. That is very, uh, 2001, a space odyssey. Yeah. And you can see them recreate that later when they do Prometheus. That's that same opening. And that's like the kind of a throwback there, which, if I had known going into Prometheus, I think that's something I would have really appreciated. Be like, wow, like they're really kind of recreating that moment from Alien. Mm-hmm. The thing that I love about the way this sh- it's shot, because again, also every time I watch, I'm like, man, this movie just looks so good. But the way that Ridley Scott uses the camera in this movie, I think is is also brilliant. I said before, the beginning of the movie, and you just touched on it, really up until like the, the, the chestburster scene, the beginning, everything is very like grandiose. And they give you you know, a lot of really smooth, like, tracking shots through the ship and then, like, wide shots when they're on the planet and stuff like that. But as soon as that alien comes out of his chest, basically, everything becomes much more hectic with the camera, a lot more closed in, and that's when you get way more claustrophobic. So the movie starts off, like, again, I think you present the audience with the idea of, like, oh, this is a, this is an epic, and then as soon as it becomes a horror movie, everything gets very closed in with the way the camera is. And even like, right. even like the scene when Kane wakes up and you're like, oh good, he's he's fine, even though you know he's not actually fine. The way that camera is used during that scene, like he wakes up, but the camera's at like a weird angle where it's like below him kind of looking up and it's not even on, like it's it's off center. Yeah, it's like down in the corner, almost like it's it's hiding. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, just in general, like I think the camera work in this movie is is obviously amazing, just the way it looks but also the way it makes you feel and it changes throughout the movie. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. There's so much you'd want to say mastery going on, but then when you hear it's like his second movie, like these people weren't masters of that time. But then when you go back and you look and it's like this movie is, I don't think you can poke holes in this movie. I can't, I couldn't find it. I was trying to see, through almost using the not my fandom, but like, all right, let me look at this. Like maybe a critic would look at it. And I'm like, I can't find fucking anything wrong with this movie. (laughs) There's a few things that are really funny about that. One is that before this movie, Ridley Scott, like really didn't like sci-fi. Oh, wow. I can't remember if it was Dan O'Bannon. I think it was the other writer. I think it was uh, uh, Ronald Shutsey. He would always bring sci-fi scripts to Ridley Scott and he usually just wouldn't read them. He'd be like, oh, that's a like sci-fi crap. Like I like I don't want to read that. And then so when he brought him this script, he was like, I really want you to read this. And he was like, I'll even read it to you just so you can read it. And then it was one of the few times where he was like, no, like give me that. Like I'll I'll read it. But it's funny because like Ridley Scott is known for Alien and then also for like Blade Runner. Like I would say those are his two most well known then you know gladiators up there and Black Hawk Down. But like I would say his two biggest properties are sci-fi and uh, we're talking about how good the movie looks and all that stuff. But the reason, one of the things people say is like bringing Ridley Scott on was just huge because his eye for film is like so good and so meticulous and all that. And he just had such a good idea of how to make things look beautiful. 
but in doing so, there's some scenes that I'm just like, wow, that looks so awesome, but they actually don't even make sense. Like, <laughs> so like, for example, like the scene with Brett, how, like it's raining in space. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, oh, yeah. and then another, like, and they told him that they're like, Hey, like, I don't get that. And he's like, I don't give a shit. It looks awesome. <laughs> and they're just like, okay. <laughs> and then and, good answer. Yeah. And then like the other thing was, uh, when they're showing like the insides of the Nostromo for the first time in the movie and it's like going through, there's those like pecking birds, you know, like where it's like the, the birds like go down and they like hit the glass of water and they come back up. Yeah. They wanted to put stuff in the ship to make it look lived in. And so that was like one thing that, that makes sense. That's really cool. There is a book that like the wind blows and like turns the pages that was like a conscious thing. Like we want like it to look like we want people to know that they were reading and stuff like that. So like, we're going to put like wind. So the pages move, but like there wouldn't be wind on the ship. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what you never heard of space wind space? Is, yeah. It's space wind. <laughs> Did somebody crack the window on this ship? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, they do crack the window on a ship later on. So I guess it makes sense, but yeah, no, I just, it's funny. Cause there's so many times where I'm like, Oh man, that looks so awesome. But then if you think about it, you're like, this doesn't even make sense. But I don't give a shit. It just looks awesome. Yeah. It's about making a good movie, not about making uh, every little science. That's another thing that's that's difficult about science fiction nowadays is when you say, hey, we're making a sci-fi movie, people really focus on the science and not the fiction. Like people forget that the other half of sci-fi is fiction. And they're like, well... That wouldn't make any sense because the science doesn't add up and everybody knows that the quantum fucker would actually <laughs> shit at 29 knots past the septum of a guy. Oh, I know. And it's like, fuck you. Just have fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of the quantum fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am. I am the quantum fucker. <laughs> He's my favorite Fantastic Four villain. Yeah, yeah, the Quantum Fucker. I just wish I could hear Stanley <laughs> present the Quantum Fucker to the exit, like, like bow down before the Quantum <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. It's, it's like I said, like I don't give a shit at all because everything looks so good. I also think, like I said, I, I think making everything on the ship look more like lived in was a really good decision because a big part of the movie is also like, I could see people complaining. I don't have this complaint, but I, I could see people complaining that like the characters might be a little thin, but at the same time, they do a great job of making you realize that the crew is like a family. Like they all talk to each other. Like they've, they've known each other for a long time and, and they joke around and stuff like that. And even in like the scene with the dinner table there, it's almost like very, uh, it's not this because it didn't come out at the same time, but like the Safety brothers do this a lot where everyone's talking at like the same volume. And I just really like that they made everything in terms of like the, the design of the ship, the way it looks, the way that people interact, like everything feels lived in and it feels like, like a family's been there for a, like a long time. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel stale. Yeah. Because like you had said, a lot of sci-fi up until that point had been very bright, very polished, very shiny. Everybody's in like those weird matching like tunics, mm -hmm. and that's how you know they're in space. <laughs> yeah, and and this it's it's just like like I said, they're dressed like truckers, man. Like some of them are in fucking like overalls and dirty t-shirts, and you know other ones are a little bit more dressed up. But then like everybody has their own different 
thing going on. Like it, it looks real. It doesn't look like you're necessarily in the future. It looks like you could have, that could have been a possibility of that time. It didn't necessarily need to take place in the year 4,000. Yeah. My favorite thing in sci-fi, I love sci-fi when it's dirty sci-fi. You know what I mean? Like it's grungy. Yeah. Like I, that's one thing. I love the aesthetic of Star Wars or at least like the original Star Wars movies. I don't always want to go with like, oh, it's the future. So everything needs to be like smooth and shiny. Like I, I really dig like the analog sci-fi look. Yeah. You would like Maniac. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not future, but it, it is very analog sci-fi. And that's TV, not movies, but whatever. We do what we want on this show. Yeah, exactly. If it, if it is like that, I probably would dig it then. What do you think about like the horror aspect of this film? Do you think it's still scary or or how do you feel about it? You know, that's hard to say. I for me, no, it's not still scary. I don't think that that really does the same. I'd say it's more unsettling or or more more nerve-wracking like the suspense is what really still does it for me i think this movie builds suspense very well i don't think the scares are as big for me obviously now we've seen so many other things and and horror has had to advance to a certain point where they they had to make changes but even like as much as i love the like the puppetry in this and the costume and the effects and all, all like the the practical elements to it when you see the xenomorph, you get that one full body shot. It kind of, it took me out of it. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's right. It didn't used to be this like giant. I'm like, that's clearly a dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that guy was probably my height. I'm 6'4". Like that guy didn't look, he didn't look that much taller than the woman when he was walking up on it. He had the crazy long head and everything. And it was still very weird. Like the, the body movements and stuff. But it didn't, it's not as massive on scale as it is now, which now obviously they, even the puppetry has advanced because they still did use costumes in a lot of these alien movies. But like you can make it way bigger now. Yeah. I, the one thing I will say, like it doesn't, it doesn't scare me, but it definitely, the movie still makes me, like you said, unsettled. And uh, there's a few things in general, like the whole thing with the synthetic still gets under my skin. And the alien design also still gets under my skin just the way it looks, but it only gets under my skin in this movie and aliens. Really? It doesn't do it so much when it's CGI, like an alien covenant and stuff. It doesn't bother me. And I kind of wish that they would go back to the costume. I think the costume looks way more terrifying. That's another, I'll give, uh, I'll give alien versus predator Requiem credit for using the costume for the aliens in that. Do they really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, man. They're still doing it uh, back then. But yeah, I, I agree with the synthetic because like, dude, so much milk. <laughs> the the milk grosses me out. <laughs> dude, it's it's so nasty. Even the, even if you know it's like, oh, it's not a human. It's not even like a living thing or whatever. Like the whole thing looks creepy and it looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially for the time. But dude, yeah, that, that's actually almost scarier than any of the alien stuff. It's But also like, the the puppet work on the on the face hugger like the 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 craft and making that thing it looks it looks fleshy when they're like cutting into the knuckle and everything i'm like ugh yeah this is gross and then when it's flipped over and they're looking at its organs and stuff like it's so like wet and shiny but like it doesn't look fake like it it looks 
It looks real fleshy and gross. Like it's it's fucking gross. Yeah. So much of the the design of like the creature and like even like the synthetics and stuff. That's why I was saying like uh, the movie's very like visceral and tactile. Like everything feels like it. You can look at it and it's got a feel to it. And that's why like there's like tons of slime in the movie. And they, they bleed acid and stuff like that. And yeah, and like when the synthetic gets its head knocked off, like there's all that gross shit all over. The, that actually grosses me out probably more than anything in the entire Alien franchise. Is anytime a synthetic gets dismembered and there's like just like that milk crap everywhere, I'm like, that is gross. <laughs> like, yeah, everything gets all jizzy. It, it, yeah, it's just super jizzy. Because <laughs> then it starts to like dry up, like, uh, like you leave frosting out mm-hmm. for too long. I hear you. <laughs> It gets like crunchy, like crusty, like kind of. Yeah, I'm, 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 I, f- I feel you, do. I feel you, dog. <laughs> like a, like a real dry sour cream. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing like a good dry hunk of sour cream for breakfast. Yeah, you know, talking about like the scary moments and stuff. I was gonna say that's another thing. Like going back, I feel like the twist that Ash was a synthetic and he was basically like planning this you know he was basically planning this entire thing and that it was all like corporate ran I, th- I think that twist in the movie is also like so awesome yeah and now like in most of the alien movies like i feel like it's like commonplace for there to be a synthetic on the ship and you don't know it or you do know it but they've got ulterior motives like that it's in a lot of the other a- uh alien movies but the way it's done here i feel like when you watch it the first time you're probably like what the fuck and that's one thing that i love with re-watching this movie just watch Ash early on in the movie before you know that. There's so many times where the camera just cuts to him. And on first glance, if you're just watching it for the first time, it just looks like he's just like looking around, like observing everybody. But really what he's doing is he's like, he's like, I know what's going to happen. Like he's, he's surveying the situation to make something happen later on. And uh, before the chestburster right. scene happens, like he is looking at Kane and he's just like in his head, he, he knows what's going to happen before it happens. Yeah, he watches them the whole time they're sitting there. Yeah, so just waiting. He's like, "All right, I know, I know what's gonna happen." And even when uh, when it bursts out, he's the one who, before anybody could really do anything, he's like, "Don't, don't hurt it. Like, don't, mm-hmm. don't kill it or whatever." Yeah, no, I, I've watched this movie with people before, and I'm like, "What, what character do you like?" And they're like, they say Ripley or they say Dallas because those, those seem to be like the two most likable characters. Maybe Parker. But I'm always like, who do you dislike? Like, I don't like that guy. Like, he's really dumb. And it's not that he's dumb. It's because he's intentionally making all the shitty things happen. Well, it's not even just him, too, because every bad thing that happens in this movie stems from people not listening to Ripley. Ripley and Brett and Parker are the most, like, working class characters on the ship. But all, like, the higher ups, basically, are the people that make the bad decisions. Like... Dallas does he's higher up he doesn't usually make like the best decisions during the movie and if they had just listened to the people that are like the working class people they would have been fine because Ripley is basically just like I'm not letting that on the ship and then gets let on the ship and then when it's on the ship Brett and Parker were like just freeze it like just put it in the Cairo chamber freeze it and we'll deal with it when it gets back like those are the people that are right and they're the people like lowest on the totem pole kind of yeah it's it's a shame that this whole thing could have been avoided man oh, also. Yeah. <laughs> Fun game. I don't have any other rules. We gotta we gotta write some rules for this, but like fun drinking game. Drink every time they say quarantine. <laughs> Do they say it a lot? I didn't even notice. Dude, you'll take like six shots just in that like three minute p- 
period when they come back to the ship. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that this game or this movie won this game then. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it it almost doesn't work at for like what we're talking about, but it does. Yeah, yeah. They literally say quarantine in it. It's obviously an isolation movie. Yeah, I was gonna say our guidelines for what an isolation movie you know was were they were very lax. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have the strictest guidelines for that. Yeah, that's fair. I always hear people say that the cast on this movie didn't know what was gonna happen, and that like their reactions were all like genuine, basically. And yeah. that's that's not actually hundred percent true. They they had read the script. They knew what was gonna happen. They just didn't know what the thing looked like and they didn't know how the scene would play out. So like when it was right. when it was the day to shoot that scene, they spent like hours getting Kane like into like the table basically and set up with all like the blood and like, the whole like contraption for the the chest burster. And then when they were finally ready to shoot, they called him down and they basically said that it just smelled like shit because of all like the blood that was down there, like the synthetic <laughs> blood. Oh, wow. And they didn't tell them, like, what it was going to look like, how much blood was going to shoot out. So, like, when all that blood comes up and hits Lambert, if you actually look, she, like, she's freaking out and she actually stumbles back and she falls. It's an actual, like, fall because she didn't realize she was going to get sprayed with blood that much. They they told her, like, you're going to get a little blood on you, but it wasn't, like, as much as she does. So there is genuine reaction to that scene, which is really cool, but the the idea that they had no idea what was going to happen isn't necessarily true. They're limited in their in their prior knowledge to what was going on. I feel like that's how you got to do it. That is actually, because you mentioned the Safdie brothers before, that's very similar to how they did the glass breaking with Kevin Garnett and Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you seen that interview or heard about that? No. So the Safdie brothers, you know, they were behind the camera and everything, and they had a remote to pop that glass. And I think they only had one shot to do it. And everybody knew it was going to happen, but nobody knew when. And they just shot the scene and they just waited and waited and they were watching. And when they felt like we're like, oh, now's a good time. Like no one's really paying attention. They just popped it. So there's only one shot of it. It's taken at multiple like angles. And then all of those reactions are real because they all knew it was coming, but they didn't know when it was coming. And it like scared the shit out of everybody. <laughs> That's so just really like, bang, cool. and it just <laughs> shatters. That's cool. Well, this movie is a classic. It's a gem. We know that. And I think you actually already mentioned the scores, but I'm just gonna play ignorance and make believe I don't know them now. <laughs> but do you have the tomato tomatoes? On our bracket, it said that the tomato was a ninety seven percent, but since then it's actually gone up one percent. So the critic score is at a 98% now. Okay. The tomato, which I did say before, is a 94. So you've got an A plus to an A. Not going to waste anybody's time here. Just going to say tomato, it's an A plus. This movie's awesome. Yeah. Ditto. Tomato A plus. It's why it won. Yeah. (laughs) You can't fuck with it. Yeah. uh, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I always say it's my favorite. I find it really hard to pick just a favorite movie, but it's it's top five for sure. And I mean, yeah, no, I just I just love this movie so much. There's there's nothing wrong. It's it's such a classic. It's so iconic and everything that it does. A trendsetter and a trailblazer. Exactly. I mean, I'm glad we did this. I know there's a few movies that we thought would have been cool, but 
as far as like retro reviews, I think this is a really good one to do for a retro review. Yeah, definitely. And we might be calling on the Swampies to do another one of these fairly soon. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're talking about doing another one. People, you know, it seems like people like doing these. We like doing them. So I think we're going to do something soon. Yeah, they're fun to do. And uh, and you know what? It's um, it's it's not a bad time to do more retro reviews considering our options are limited. But that being said, did you see the news about we have a couple other movies that are coming to VOD for their release? No, what's coming out? So we've talked about Trolls 2. Um, but the the Camille Nanjiani movie that's coming and is Issa Rae, I think that's her name, right? Oh, that one's coming out. That one actually got picked up by Netflix, so it's gonna come out as a Netflix movie oh, instead. Okay. So I think we could do a, a review on that one, and I I know we're not counting Netflix movies, but this I think is a different scenario because this would have been a theatrical release. It's just Netflix is helping them out and releasing it for them. Yeah. I'm, so will I'm cool this count as a double deuce movie for our list? I think we can do it. I I agree with that I think okay. you can argue that you can. We can make a make an exception. Yeah, it's only a Netflix movie due to the circumstances of the world. Yeah, is there anything else? Because I I know that Artemis Fowl is also going to Disney Plus. Yeah, that was another one of them. So like we have we have other movie options coming up soon. There was something else that I'm forgetting. I know that I'm forgetting. I kind of want to say Scoob. I mean, more VOD movies the better. It help it helps us out for sure. Yeah. Bottom line, we'll have more content for you. We're working on different things, brackets, retro reviews. We're still going to have we'll 2020. We'll do another recommend episode yeah. for uh, for next month because the way it looks right now is we're not getting out of this just yet. Yeah. Probably got another another month at least. Yeah. I think this is going to go well into the summer, unfortunately. But you know what I hope? I hope that the drive-ins can help save the movie biz and studios will release them at drive-ins that would be really talk about the business they will do there yeah let's see that i don't know how how you do it because you're gonna have a person working there and taking all the money yeah yeah that's true it's a cash cash biz you wear gloves you don't actually touch anything you wear gloves and a face mask people wear gloves and a face mask when they come in but then after that you're just in your car yeah that would that would be cool i wonder if they would do that even if they just charge a little bit more for the price of admission and they don't offer concessions. That way you don't have people serving food and stuff like in a public place. You don't have people lining up and everything. Shit, most people just sneak food into the the movies anyways. <laughs> Granted, I would be very sad not to have popcorn. I actually really like the popcorn at the drive-in in Warwick here, but I would go without the concessions just to be able to go see a movie. And I like the drive-in anyways. I go, even when I had the A-list and I could go to a free movie, I would very often... Me, Megan, and Logan will load up and go see a movie. I like the drive-in, but I only like the drive-in occasionally. Like, I, I'm usually like good for like once a year. Oh, yeah. I mean, we definitely went more often than once a year. And I probably shouldn't go as often because I get into a fight every time I go. <laughs> yeah, you told me the last time you went, you got into a fight because someone had their, their lights on. Yeah, you can make an argument both ways. You could argue that I get into a fight because somebody does something stupid or uh, I get into a fight because I yell at people who do stupid things. <laughs> I think most people would just let it go or they would go tell like a manager or somebody who works there be like this guy in the Jeep has his lights on. Can you tell him to stop? I'm like, why would I ask some fucking 16 year old kid to go tell this guy to turn his lights off when I can walk up there with fucking 
no sleeves, tats showing, six four, stare him down in the eye like motherfucker, turn your car off. <laughs> I'm going to get results way faster than some kid on a goddamn golf cart's going to get them. I'm pretty sure the story you told me, though, you were like, your lights are on. He was like, no, they're not. And you were like, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. I bent down in front of his car and put my face and waved my hand. I'm like, you see how you can see me? That's because your lights are on. <laughs> like, you see how I'm lit up and nothing else is? You fuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I get pretty heated at the uh, drive-in, but I would like to go back. It again, I I actually I think it's fun to go to every once in a while, yeah. And if if that was the only way that I can go see a movie, I'd be there all the time. That was actually this is all looping back now. It's hitting me. When I saw Prometheus, it was in a drive-in. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, wow, it's it all comes around, man. Yeah. I didn't say I saw Prometheus in a theater. <laughs> Good for you. I saw it in a theater after I saw it in the drive-in. I saw that movie twice. I liked it. Yeah. We didn't we didn't mention it, but you know, I mentioned that one the chestburster scene, or I guess in that movie it's a backburster scene in, in Alien Covenant, but the Caesarean scene in Prometheus is also Ooh. fucking amazing. That that scene alone is worth watching that movie, I think. It's so good. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. We got a lot in the works for the future, so we really want the Swampies to stay tuned. And the best way to do that is following us on social media at Two Dudes Movie Reviews and going to our website, Two Dudes Movie Reviews.com, which we probably need to update. But <laughs> probably need to when update. It is up to but date, I will say, damn, is it cool? Yeah, I was going to say, we probably need to update it. But that being said, it was updated pretty recently. It's, it's not that outdated. We were usually like a month behind. We were way behind for a while because we were spending so much time working on the book, doing holiday stuff with our families. You moved. Yeah. But we, we updated. So we, we were busy ago. boys, but we caught up for the most part. And uh, we still have our merch store on there. There's a whole bunch of new stuff, which is always cool. And we always really appreciate it if anybody can check that out and support. And we also really appreciate if people are leaving five-star reviews because that's a way to support us without spending any money on us. Yeah, that's that's key. It helps us a lot. So if you could, if you give us a five-star review, we will be eternally grateful. <laughs> yes, give us a five-star review. We will fellace you. <laughs> With our words, you perv. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. With our words, in your earbuds... <laughs> We're going to take our words. We're going to get them so deep in your ear holes. Exactly. <laughs> You're not going to know what hit you. You're not going to know which dude is in there. Dude, that's that's the truth I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, truth hurts. <laughs> yeah. Lizzo. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, suck it, losers. <laughs> <laughs>